With all the moms that I work with in the Mommy Tummy Fix program, one common theme that comes up is always about meal planning. And it's usually followed by, I hate to do it. It takes too much time. It's easier not to. I'm so bored with the meals that we eat. And so today I'm going to share with you the five-step method that I have used for years that helps me meal plan in just a few minutes a week. Are you ready to make a change in your life, but not sure where to start? Welcome to Moms on the Rise, where we believe that as moms and as women, we can choose to create a life we love. I'm Camille Beckstrand, a mindset coach and fellow mom on this journey of rising up in all areas of our lives. So join me and let's rise together. Welcome back, friends. I am so glad that you are here. So today we're talking about food, mostly the planning behind the eating And I know that a lot of people don't love this, but hear me out. I have some ideas today that will hopefully make this a much less painful process that makes you feel like you are on top of your life and you're a meal planning pro. So as long as I can remember, family dinner was a huge priority to my family when I was growing up. My mom always made family dinner a priority. Every night we knew at 6 p.m. dinner would be ready and we would have some uninterrupted time to be together while we ate. My mom was a rock star. I can't even live up to the standards she set, but there is one thing that I do like her, and that's family dinner. So growing up, I did have eight people in my family, and eating out was so expensive. We just couldn't afford to eat out that much. Like eating out was something that was a special treat. It was saved for birthdays or celebrations, like when somebody graduated or stuff like that. And I just thought that's kind of how it works for everybody. And I have shared before that I actually own a business with my sisters. It's called Six Sisters Stuff. And we have a website that's full of recipes. And then we've also published 10 cookbooks over the years. And when we came out with our first cookbook in 2013, we decided that with the launch of that cookbook, we would do a fun family dinner challenge because the cookbook was full of our favorite family dinners. And so we challenged families to eat together four times a week for four weeks. And it was crazy to us how many people commented that this was the first time that they were actually eating together at dinner more than once a week. Or usually it was something to eat dinner together was something that they saved for like Christmas time or Easter dinner. And even if they did eat dinner together, they usually had the TV on while they ate and they didn't talk that much. And we encouraged them to not only eat dinner together, but also like put your phones down and talk. And so since then, since we did that challenge years ago, my sisters and I have just made family dinner our mission. We just wanted to help as many families as possible get family dinner on the table and to sit down and enjoy it together. And so in order to do that, I just firmly believe that the way to do that is to have a plan and specifically a meal plan. So that's what we're going to talk about today, how to create a meal plan that your whole family will love in just a few easy steps. So we're going to dive in. This is going to take a little bit of work on your part. So grab a paper and a pen because you will have some simple assignments that you need to do in this podcast masterclass to make this meal plan happen for your family. Are you ready? Here we go. So step one, you have to decide your number one goal for meal planning. Why do you want to do this? And this might seem funny because it has nothing to do with meal planning. But honestly, you have to know why you are going to spend the time to put together a meal plan. And there are lots of different reasons. Here are a few. Maybe you want to stick to a budget. Maybe you want to try and eat in more if you're eating out a lot. Or maybe you want to eat healthier. 
Maybe you want to get on a schedule or find more ways to connect with your family. If you're like me, maybe you have some kids that are really high anxiety or high stress. And so you're looking for ways to help them feel calm and grounded and connected with everybody in the family. And maybe you just want to have a meal plan so that you have an answer for when your kids ask, what's for dinner, mom? So to be honest, you can have more than one reason why you would want to start meal planning or why you'd want to continue meal planning. And really, like all of the above reasons, that's why I meal plan. It's for all of those reasons. But I want you to ask yourself, what's the number one reason that you would do this? And to be honest, you can have more than one reason why you would meal plan. But you do want to narrow down what it is that is the reason why you would do this, because that is going to help you actually stick to it in the long run. Knowing the why behind what you are doing is going to help make it a reality. It's going to help make it happen week after week. I know it might seem like this has nothing to do with meal planning, but knowing why you are doing this is going to keep you going and it's going to give you the purpose that will drive you during those days where you're like, oh, I've got a meal plan again. But then you remember your why and you know you can do this. So you'll go back to your why. You'll be inspired to keep trying. So that's your first assignment is decide the number one reason why you want to meal plan. Okay, here is step two. Look at your family's current eating habits and their schedule. So one of the hardest things about sticking to a meal plan is knowing how to make it work with your own family's schedules and your own family's picky taste buds, but you can't know where you want to go unless you know where you've been. And so I want you to look back on the last few weeks of meals that you've eaten, and then I also want you to look at the last few weeks of your schedule and just the different things you had going on and the different obligations, and maybe even be aware of what that might look like in the upcoming weeks. So here are some questions you might want to ask yourself. Do you have nights when you won't be home until later? Maybe you are working late or maybe you guys have a play practice or maybe you have a dance recital. Like what are some nights where you just don't get home until later? Do you have any days that you know you'll be gone right up until dinner time and get home right when dinner is supposed to be eaten? Do you always eat out on a certain night? Maybe for a date night or a fun night out with your family or you get takeout at the end of the week when you're just too tired. For us, we have Friday night pizza night. We just know every Friday it's going to be pizza. Do you have so many leftovers each week that you could maybe eat leftovers for dinner at least one night? And this is something that my mom has mentioned she does a lot just now that she and my dad are both empty nesters and they don't need to make those huge family meals anymore. Also, what types of recipes do you like to cook? And what types of recipes does your family actually like to eat? So all of these questions should be considered when starting a meal plan. Just knowing your schedule is going to help you know if there are certain days when you need to like throw something in the slow cooker before you leave, or maybe you need a freezer meal, or maybe a quick meal that you can take with you on your way out the door to a soccer game, or if you are getting your regularly scheduled Friday night takeout, whatever that is. You have to know where you are to know where you want to be and what this ideal meal plan would look like for your family. So this is your next assignment for step two. Go through your schedule and make notes about what types of recipes and meals would work best for your family. And then also know what days you have things going on, what days are late nights, what days are just crazy with stuff going on. Make a note of all of these things. I know that for me and my family, I know myself and I know that by Saturday night, I am so exhausted. And so every Saturday night, we usually have a freezer meal. It's just like a soup or something that I can dump into my crock pot or my slow cooker. And it's just as easy and done. So that's something that I do. So go through, write those things down, and then we'll move on to step three. After you have a baby, 
your life is completely different, right? Your schedule is not your own, your relationships with friends, and even your spouse changes. Everything can feel a little bit different, especially your body. Did you know that one third of all moms suffer from a condition called diastasis recti, which is an ab separation? And it makes sense, right? Your body grew a human inside of you and had to stretch to do so. So of course those muscles might still continue to be separated. If you have a mom tummy that doesn't go away no matter how many crunches you do, or if you have low back pain since having a baby, it could be diastasis recti. And do you know what's crazy? 90% of OBGYNs do not check for this condition at your six-week postpartum appointment. So you might be walking around with this and not even know it. But there is a solution. And it's not just doing a million crunches or sit-ups. Because just like everything else in your life after having babies looks different, so does fitness. And the first thing that every mommy needs is rehab. The Mommy Tummy Fix is an at-home postpartum rehab program put together by my husband, Jared Beckstrand. He's a doctor of physical therapy that specializes in postpartum care. The Mommy Tummy Fix eases you back into fitness and exercise the right way after having a baby. It's different than what you've done in the past, but that's because it needs to be. Every mom needs rehab after having a baby, and it's a part of healthcare that is often overlooked. So whether you are six weeks postpartum or 60 years postpartum, this program will help you take care of your body in the way that it needs to be taken care of and deserves to be taken care of. Not a diet or a workout plan. It's a way of life to help you have the complete health that you are looking for. To learn more or to purchase this program, head over to mommytummyfix.com. I'll put a link down in the description below and get the whole program that you can do right at home on your own time or during nap time or whatever works for you. Use code MOMMY30 for an extra 30% off. Okay, we're moving on to step three, and this is where you get to choose your recipes. And for me, this is where it gets fun, but I know that for some of you, this is a kind of a stressful part. So I want to help break it down a little bit easier. Also, I want you to know that the first time you sit down and do this, it is going to take a little bit of time, but it's usually the first time that takes the longest because steps one, two, and three are just things you have to do one time. Okay, so when it comes to choosing your recipes, I want you to be careful about which recipes you choose. Now is not the time to go overboard and fill your plan with all of these complicated recipes and new ways of cooking that you've never tried before or weird ingredients. When you are finding these recipes, keep in mind what it is that your family likes to eat. Now, most people, they'll collect recipes one of two ways. There are the people who love physical recipes and there are the people who love digital recipes. And then there's that tiny percentage of people who don't even use recipes. They can just make delicious food using their brains. But for the other 99.9% of us, we usually have to follow a recipe, right? So physical recipes. These are going to be like newspaper or magazine clippings. This is what my mom used to do. And it was so fun. She had this drawer of recipes that she had cut out from magazines and newspapers. And it was like my favorite thing to go through. You could have printed copies of recipes or even like some handwritten recipe cards. I actually have some handwritten recipes from my grandma's and they are such a treasure to have on these cards. So that's kind of fun too. Physical recipes also include cookbooks. Now, we have a lot of those. If you're looking for some recommendations, I'll actually put a link in the description below to where you can buy the cookbooks that me and my sisters have written over the years. We did 10 cookbooks in 10 years, and it was such a fun and wild ride. So I'll link to those if you want to check those out for some easy family dinner recipes. But cookbooks, 
would count as like having a physical copy of recipes. Then you've got your digital recipes. So some people like to have a Google Doc, maybe just where they copy and paste all their favorite recipes that they find online, put it in this Google Doc. Or you can find recipes on websites or blogs. And then, of course, Pinterest is one of our favorite places to get recipes and to save them to your Pinterest boards. Or there's a lot of recipe apps out there, too. So this would be another way to have lots of digital recipes. However you choose to collect them, whether physically or digitally, they have pros and cons. You just have to decide which type is going to be the easiest for you to use and what you'll turn to the most often. Chances are, if you're spending most of your time on your phone or on your computer, you're going to want to collect your recipes digitally. Here are some other things to consider as you are combing through the recipes that you want to include in your meal plan and choosing which ones to make. Ask yourself, what kind of ingredients does this use? Will I use those ingredients again and again? Or will they be one and done ingredients that my family doesn't really use or like? Also ask yourself, how much time does this recipe take? And do I have that much time to make it? And then I think this is the most important question to ask as you are choosing recipes. Will my family eat this? Or even more accurately, will my family try it? So this is your next assignment. It's to collect all of your recipes in one place. So if you gravitate towards physical recipes, maybe you have like a binder where you put all of these newspaper clippings and handwritten recipes all together so you have a place where they all are. Or I actually have a shelf in my pantry where I keep all of my cookbooks and that's where I like to turn to as I'm doing all my meal planning. But if you use digital recipes, you can decide how you want them to be organized. Is it an app? Is it Pinterest boards? Is it a Google Doc? Whatever that is for you, decide how you are going to collect all of these recipes. Okay, so steps one, two, and three. Like I said, those we only have to do one time. So now you know why you are meal planning. You've looked at your family's eating habits and their schedule. And now you've started to collect all your recipes. You've chosen which ones you want to use and want to make. So now it's time to make a meal plan. And there are a couple different ways that you can do this. So I want to share some different ideas with you of ways that you can plan out your meals. So the first one, and this is one that I love, is just to rotate monthly. And I have planned this way for years. It works great when you have little kids or when you have picky eaters. And so what you do is you make a list of recipes that your family loves. I put together a list of 30 recipes that my family, I knew they would eat that no matter when I made it, they would eat it. So you choose about 30 recipes, make a big list, and you just plan out your month. And every month, it's just kind of those same 30 recipes on repeat. It's nice because all you have to do, you have the whole month planned out. You just have to shop for ingredients week by week. And I love this way because you do know that you're feeding your family tried and true recipes that you know they will love. And you're not worrying about new ways of cooking or new tastes to try. This has been my go-to way of planning. I just have these 30 recipes. We rotate through them every single month, and it's really nice. And if actually, if you want a list of the 30 recipes that I use, my 30 rotating monthly recipes that are all picky eater approved, I will drop a link in the description below so you can get that for free. So be sure to check that out, and then you'll have my 30 recipes that I always use. Okay, another idea when it comes to planning is to have a daily theme. And this is kind of a fun way to work in some new recipes that you want to try, but it also keeps it pretty simple. And so what you do is you choose a theme for each night of the week. And these themes can be anything, but here are some ideas. You could do meatless Mondays, taco Tuesdays, pizza Fridays, soup Saturdays, Italian Wednesdays, grilling Sundays, freezer meal Thursdays, like et cetera, et cetera. And what's fun, so we do pizza Fridays. 
And most of the time we do just get takeout from a pizza place, but sometimes I will make like English muffin pizzas or we'll do pizza roll-ups. Those are really fun. We've done pizza quesadillas. We've done pizza pasta. And so we just know that on that night of the week, there's some version of pizza that will be happening. And it's really fun. Taco Tuesdays, that's easy to understand. Like grilling Sundays, we love to grill. And we even grill all winter long when it's snowing. So decide like what themes you want to use. And you can get your family involved on the themes. And what's fun is it allows you to try some new recipes within a theme that your family has kind of already approved. Or you can use old favorite recipes. That works too. It's just a fun way to make your recipes coincide with each night of the week and makes it really easy when it comes to meal planning. Okay, another way to plan your meals is to plan them by sales. So if budgeting is your number one concern when it comes to meal planning, and I know that it is for so many of us right now because, holy cow, groceries are crazy expensive. And if there's a way that you can save money during grocery shopping, that this would be one way to do it. And that is just check the weekly sales at your local stores and then plan your menu around those sales. And most stores will send out a flyer in the mail. They're old school. They're sending out flyers, but you can also always look online at their websites and they have their flyers on the website so that you know all the things that are on sale. So if pork is on sale that week, I know that we'll usually be having like some type of pork chops and some type of pulled pork. Or if potatoes are really inexpensive, we'll do like a baked potato bar and maybe some baked fries one night as a side dish. Like you can save a lot of money if you do it this way. It does take a little bit more time and your recipes will be dependent upon what's on sale. But if your goal is to save money, this is the way to go. When we were growing up, my mom planned a lot of her meals this way. And I mean, it's expensive to feed a big family, but she was so great at finding such yummy recipes that fit the things that were on sale. And so this is a great way to meal plan. Okay, one last option for you is just to let somebody else do the planning for you. So you could purchase an app or there are so many weekly meal plans online or even on Pinterest. And a lot of them are free. If you just go to Pinterest and type in the search bar, free weekly meal plan, it will pull up a plethora of options and you can go through and choose one. If anything, it will just give you some ideas of what you could add to your meal plan. When you follow somebody else's meal plan, it does make it a little bit more tricky if you have picky eaters or if you have allergies or like goals that you're working towards, but it is always an option. Okay, so your assignment for step four is to do the thing, to actually write out your meal plan at least for the week. If you're doing like a rotating monthly schedule, you could do it for the whole month, but it's time to take all those recipes you collected and put them together in a plan. Okay, we're moving on to step five, which is to make your grocery list, to shop, and prepare the meals. So now that you've picked which meal plan is right for you, it's time to make a list, it's time to go shopping, and it's time to prepare that food. And I just wanted to share a couple tips that hopefully will help you. So when you're making a list, don't forget to check which ingredients you already have in your pantry, fridge, or freezer. This is something, when I don't do it, I end up with like 14 containers of garlic powder because for whatever reason, I always think, oh, I should grab a garlic powder while I'm here at the store. So always check what you have available. Also, you're going to want to make sure that you have all the ingredients that you need to make these recipes that are on your meal plan. And then don't forget to add all the other household items that you might need for that week. And then here are some other tips just to keep in mind. If you are short on time, 
See if your grocery store has a pickup option. And this is especially great if you don't want to shop with small kids. My local grocery store, I shop at Kroger, has a free app where I can place my order. And then if I spend more than $35, which I always do, that's such a small amount of groceries these days, the shopping fee is totally waived. So I put in my order late Sunday night and I pick it up early Monday morning. It's just like clockwork at my house and it has been for years. It's part of my weekly routine. And what's also great is that the app saves the things that I buy every week. So like milk, whatever fruits and vegetables I buy, bread, etc. And I can add them to my list with just a click of a button. And so most stores also have a delivery option if you don't want to go pick it up yourself. It does cost a little bit more and it has a fee but and a tip, but it has saved me a couple of times. And I love that that option is available now. So speaking about time. Meal planning is the way that I give my future self time. It does take some time up front and you might be thinking, oh my gosh, like this is going to take me a long time to get it initially set up. But I only grocery shop once for the entire week and I can meal plan in just 20 to 30 minutes a week following this system. Steps one, two, three, and four, actually, you only have to do one time. And then each week you just come back to step five and figure out what are your recipes for that week and the ingredients that you need? And then you're good to go. Promise you, this is worth your time. Family dinner has become my favorite time each day. And it's so important to know that it's the one meal where I can fuel my kids with nutrition that will help them feel their best. And plus, I know it's a time I can connect with them. I am family dinner's biggest fan. And I will sing its praises all day long because of the way that it helped me when I was growing up and the way that I can see it's impacting my kids. So I hope that this helps you figure out how to make family dinner just work a little bit better, maybe a little bit smoother and a little more frequently for you and your family. And so don't forget, if you want those 30 recipes that I feed my family the most and rotate through each month, I will leave a link in the description of this podcast so you can get it for free. And I hope that helps. But thanks for joining me today. Keep on rising, mama. I'm cheering you on. Thank you so much for listening to the Moms on the Rise podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Mommy Tummy Fix program. If you are interested in learning more about how to take care of your body from a place of love, head over to themommytummyfix.com and join our community of over 10,000 women who are finding ways to live a complete and healthy life one small choice at a time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, a rating, and follow along so that you don't miss a single conversation. Keep on rising.